Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. I want to start kind of, kind of by asking everybody a question. Do not raise your hand, okay? Like, do not answer this question. But have you ever been in a restaurant and there's a family... Maybe, maybe just right next to you or in the same restaurant, and they have a kid, and that kid just goes on absolute terror mode and suddenly starts screaming or throwing food and going psycho, and you're just like, yup. You know, you just look, and you're like, okay. Or maybe you've been, maybe, maybe you've been to the grocery store, and you just hear some noise, and you're like, somebody's dying. Like, I think someone's dying, and you go over to the next aisle, no one's dying, but it's a little kid just throwing the absolute loudest fit ever. I said little kid on purpose, because we're talking about little kids. Okay, don't, don't raise your hand, but maybe, maybe you've seen that. And maybe you've saw, you, you, you've seen and experienced some of those things, and you thought, well, that'll never happen to me. And again, don't raise your hand, but just maybe you had some kids of your own and were in a restaurant or on an airplane or, or in a grocery store and they had that meltdown and you're just like, you just thought, oh, and here I am. Um, we we have, have not, our youngest is, is seven, so I think we can say that we're safely beyond that. I think we avoided the, like, the full-on meltdown in public like that, uh, but we did have kind of fun was when Avery was really little, we were at, we, Becca was at the grocery store and going through the checkout and there was a larger woman who was the cashier. And Avery, as a little kid, looks at this woman and says, you have baby and belly? <laughs> and, and this is like, well, we're just going to ignore it because she said that once and she probably won't say it again. And Avery's like, no, you have baby and belly? And like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's not what's going on there. And the lady's embarrassed. You're like, can I just, Becca's like, I just want to like, like, like no, I don't want anything. I want it all to just leave. And, and kids are fun. <laughs> they, they give stories. And today we're going to spend some time talking about kids. Because as we go through Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, really begins with what about kids? You know, last week in Ephesians 5, he talked about marriage and, and what the structure that's supposed to be. And we talked about the, the crazy cycle and the love cycle and what, what follows that awesome cycle is very often kids. And that's a great thing. That is a wonderful thing. But the Bible really gives us some principles to follow to raise kids. You know, when I mentioned this last week, but Becca and I, we got married and we had a five-year plan and we, did, we weren't like, we want to have kids right away. Uh, we had five years and eight months in, Becca's like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, huh, okay, like that's wild. And then in a little bit, we had, we had one and then very, very shortly later, uh, there was another one. And I'm like, we, did, we didn't plan that one either. And we're like, oh, okay. I mean, like we knew what was causing it, but we weren't willing to give it up, right? <laughs> we're like, but it just wasn't planned, okay? It wasn't like we think we're this. Is a, so we weren't thinking like we're ready for kids. And those of you that are thinking you're ready for kids and you don't have kids, you're, the, you're in for the big shock, okay? Because you think you know, and then you realize you don't know. Like you, oh, no, but I know, and I've got an aunt, and I've got a niece, and I know. No, that's their kids. Yours will be different. 
okay, guaranteed. And even if you have one kid and you figure out that kid, then you have another one. And it might be the same recipe, but they come out completely different. And they're just not the same. You're like, well, what worked with that one isn't working with this one because they're different. You know, because they're just, they're totally different little people and they've got their own little ideas and they're just, they're, they're just different. Uh, number three, Hunter. Hunter was our first boy and, and Hunter, I would say almost until he was like two, he didn't even have an opinion. Wherever he was is where he wanted to be. And whatever you fed him is when he wanted to eat. And whatever you fed him is what he wanted to eat. And whenever he had to go to sleep, he was great. And if you had to wake him up, he's like, I'm a, he was just, it was just, it was like, where did this come from? Why couldn't that have been number one? Because number one was completely, completely, completely different. We had a battery-operated swing, and I just went through batteries. And I'm like, they took the weird size D in this battery-operated swing, and finally I was like, we are going to blow our entire budget on batteries because this baby loved the swing. I'm like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I, if it's batteries, there's got to be an adapter. So I went and I grabbed some alligator clips and went to like a, a little store with a multiple adjustable DC converter and matched it to the voltage of the battery and opened up the back of that thing and just clipped some stuff on and plugged it in the wall, and that thing would just go for hours. Just, just all night long. I'm like, there we go. There we go. That one, that's what that one needed. Kids are different. They're so much different. But the Bible gives us, and what it lays out for us, are some biblical principles that you and I are meant to live by. Because again, the, the Bible gives us the way that we are to live. It teaches us how to think, how to approach problems, situations, what, what comes at us, in life. And from the very beginning, Psalms 127 says this about children. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. The world paints a picture of kids are just a pain in the butt, and they're whiny, and they're messy, and they're stinky, and they are. But they're an absolute riot. Kids are the best. Kids are so much fun. They're so much fun. And you might look at the world and, and, and think, well, why would I want to bring a kid into this and all the uncertainty and all of the crazy and, oh, no. Let me just say this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God will not give you something that he will not also equip you to handle and to do. I'm like, but it might be a lot of work. It will be. But everything great is. Everything great is it's going to take work, but kids are a gift, and gifts are meant to be enjoyed. Children are meant to be enjoyed. I know that most of you and many of you, you know this because of how many kids we have. We have almost doubled the average number of kids to adult, our ratio here at Life West, because kids are awesome, because there's a lot of great marriages. It's fun, but kids are meant to be a gift. And gifts are meant to be enjoyed. Not something drug or, oh, no, I have to, but meant to be enjoyed. So let's look at some principles that can help us enjoy them. Ephesians 6, chapter 1 says this, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you, and you will have long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So right away it says this. It says children are to honor and obey. Now, parents, 
If you're going to raise kids, let's come together. Let's decide what the whole goal of that is. If it's just to get them out of the house, like that's, that's a goal. But what is the goal? What are we going for? What does it need to be? And here's what it is. Um, the goal of parenting is not control. When, when you've got really little kids, you're like, but it would be great to have some. Like, it, 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 it really, really would. Um, but the goal is not control. It's the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So what the Bible says to children, it says you need to honor and obey. You can obey without honor. You can, you can beat, and not, not like, a, like, a, like I'm beating you, but you, 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 can, you can force a young child because of how much bigger you as an adult are to obey to an extent. But, but the goal is, the goal is the heart. So what we want to do is we want kids, as parents, we want to bring our children to a place where they know how much God loves them. They know how much God loves them. They fall in love with God and then seek God's will for their life. We want them to know how much God loves them. We want them to fall in love with God and then seek God's will for their life. And so it begins by saying, children, obey your parents because parents are primary. You are, you are, you are first. Um, other things can help, teachers and coaches and, and, and youth group and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas, they can help. But parents are to be the primary. And when I say the others can help, they can come alongside. And it's great when they do. That's why we have youth and we put so much effort into it. And I, I absolutely love it and why we do events. And like, well, you just do events so they'll go and have fun. No, we don't just do events so they'll go and have fun. We do events so that students can get and can meet some leaders. And when they meet the leader, all of a sudden, you've probably heard this before, but nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. And when students begin to spend some time with some leaders and they get to know them and all of a sudden they realize how, that they do care and now that leader has a platform to stand on to speak into their life because situations arise and what we want is we want leaders that will come alongside parents and be like, actually, your parents are right. Oh, look, this is what God's word says. Most of us in this room, we can look back to some times in our life when we were younger where, one, we're really lucky because we had somebody besides our parents in their corner, or two, we didn't have that person and we're like, yeah, it really would have helped if I did. We, we can see that. So we want those things to come alongside, but parents are primary. Parents, you are it. Other things can help but you are the primary. And it says this in verse 6, talking about, okay, how are we going to raise these children? It says, Father, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Because it's going to change. You know, when kids are younger, the, it, 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 it just, it, it's going to change as they get older. When they're younger, you're like, I just want to keep them alive. You know what I mean? You're like, if, if they make it through the night, you bring that baby home and you're like, is it breathing? Is it alive? It was quiet when it does finally sleep. You're like, I don't know what happened. Like it slept all night. Is it okay? And you walk in, you're like, it is. 
Okay, and then, and then you're like, man, one day they're going to learn to walk. And then they learn to walk, and you're like, now everything, and they're everywhere, and they're in everything, on top of things, and eating dirt, and climbing downstairs. And how did you get on top of that cabinet? Did that not happen to anybody else? It's like, whoa, what is going on? And you just want to keep them alive. And, and please, uh, Bo, Bo's seven, when he was little, um, he liked to just go for walks. And, and here's, here's what I mean by that. Like, you'd be in the house, just sitting there, have a conversation. He'd be in the living room, and then this is what he would do. Walk to the outside door. Making that much sound. And then he'd be gone. He would just disappear. He would disappear, and we're like, oh my goodness. And so we're like, we had a, okay, so he'd go for walks. What do we do at night? We gotta keep this guy alive. So what we ended up doing is everybody, we had, people are sharing rooms. We had the boy room and the girl room upstairs and we're like, okay, well, how, how do we handle this? So what we did with him is we put him in a closet. That's where he slept at night. And I got a doorknob, like a, a, a lockable doorknob, flipped it around. We put him in the closet. It was really cute. And it was great. And it was dark and, and comfy on the floor at night. And he'd sleep in there. We'd turn it around and I'd lock it. I locked him in a closet and that's where he would sleep. Because... I want to keep them alive. Our, the, the house, and the way that the doors were, there was no other really good way to lock the doors. I know they have some of those that like go up high, and you're like, oh, you should have done that. It didn't work on our outside doors. It worked on the pantry, but the way our house, it, it just didn't work. So it's like, well, this we can actually do. But it changes. He doesn't still live in a closet. He's seven. That closet was small. He wouldn't fit. He'd be like, fetal position, sleeping. But anyway. It's going to change because when our kids are little, we just give them direction and we don't even give them the why. But it's going to change as they grow older. But it says this, fathers, do not provoke your children. And every child is different. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction. There's going to need to be discipline. And again, every kid is going to be different. Um, our oldest, Avery, she got spanked like crazy as a kid. She just, she, oh, oh my goodness. And there was Molly. Um, Molly's 13 months younger. And Molly, you'd be like, what you did was wrong. And she would just, I'm sorry, daddy. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm never going to get I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I would say the exact same thing to Avery. And she'd be like, mm, I don't know, dad. I think I was right. <laughs> it's like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> mm, are you sure, dad? Yes. Yes, I am. No lie, we're sitting at the table one time, I remember what she did, but Avery looks over and she's like, she's about to get a spank and she goes, Dad, if you spank me, that won't help me remember not to do that. <laughs> but if you spank Molly, I'll remember. <laughs> they're, just, they're just different. Okay, Molly was, it was, it was, it was just different and she, she got so many fewer, so many fewer spankings. Um, which brings up spanking. So thank you for bringing that, that, that question up, um, which, which is actually a question. Several years ago, I was uh, selected for jury duty. So I end up um, sitting down and the lawyers are asking questions so that they can decide whether we're going to stay in the box and end up in the actual, on the actual juror, jury. And I was like, I've been selected so many times for these. Can I just do it? I, like, I want to just do it. I'm like, come on. So I'm hoping to get on this, this, this jury, which I don't know if anybody ever actually does hope to be on it. But anyways, I was. So I'm sitting down there, 
And one of the lawyers is looking at the potential jurors, and he goes, how many of you have kids? Raise my hand. Most of us raise our hand in a little box. There's like two or three that don't. And he goes, okay. How many of you believe in corporal punishment? And I'm like, who's that? I'm like, I think I know what we're doing here, and, and I think I know what we're about to do here. And the judge actually like helps him out. And he goes, how many of you spank your kids? And so I go, me. And when I do, I just notice people are looking at me. And so I look around, and I'm the only one with my hand up. There's a few other people that are like, And, and, and no lie, the judge goes, Hold, okay, guys, it's not against the law to spank your child. You know, it has to be fitting, and he kind of goes into a little bit more of the legal side of, like, what, 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 a, a, what discipline is versus abuse. And then he goes, okay, let's ask the question again. And then, like, every hand went up with mine. And I'm like, okay, okay. I didn't know what I was, like, I was almost in trouble. I, I didn't know. I'm like, because I got spanked growing up, like, Absolutely. It, when, it, when it came time to get spanked, I remember one time my parents picked me up from camp. I don't remember what I did wrong, but I know I did wrong. And so I get picked up from camp, and Dad's like, you're getting a spanking. And he goes, and he doesn't have a belt on. And so he's like, he breaks a branch off of a tree, cleans off a, a few leaves, and he's like, come on, go around to the back of the car. And I'm like, Dad, that's going to hurt. He's like, you should have thought of that. <laughs> so I got spanked. Um, um, I got spanked with hands. I told you my mom, my dad spanked us with stuff. Mom just broke spoons on us. And, and when, when she just broke, like, finally, she, I think she started buying spoons. And she's like, I'm not, you're waiting for your dad. Um, to me, spanking is like, well, of course you do it. Like, absolutely, of course. It just made perfect sense to me, not only because I grew up that way, but because we grew up reading the Proverbs of the day. So we would read things like this in Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and the rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. So I grew up reading, and you read through Proverbs and over and over, and it's like, spank your kids. So I was like, well, of course you spank. Like, absolutely. Um, Proverbs 13, 24, here's another one of those. Uh, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Uh, those who love their children care enough to discipline them. We had, a, we had a paddle at one point that my mom actually wrote that verse out on it. And then my little brother, he was smart. So on the other side, he wrote, I love you, mom. <laughs> and like big, big letters. And I, was, I saw that one. And I was like, that was a good idea. Should have thought of that one. Should have thought of that one. But that verse was right on there. That verse was right on there. It said, those who spoil the rod, excuse me, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Um, so I want to just bring up Spanking. And here's what I want to say. Um, I don't think spanking is the answer to every problem. But if God's word says that we should use it, I believe it should be in every one of our arsenals. It should be there. It should be there. Uh, I do not believe that you or I love our kids. No matter how much you love them, I don't believe that I love my kids more than God loves them. And when I hear people like, oh, I would never do that. I would never raise my hand against my, I would never physically. And I'm like, yes, you would. That's just what I think. I don't usually say it out loud. <laughs> Sometimes you say things out loud and you're like, oh, that came out. Okay. 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 But let's just, let's just be honest. 
If your child, you're standing there next to a busy road and your child's getting ready to run into the road, that same parent that's like, I would never get physical with my kid is going to reach over, grab that kid and pull them back and physically restrain them. Why? Because that physical restraint is so much better than what was about to happen. We got fall, we got wood stove. I'm loving my wood stove. Oh, I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. That thing is hot. It's super hot. I know. I fried the top of my hand, putting some wood, and I just touched the side of that thing and just, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And then I don't know how often you bump this part of your hand, but I got this burn. It's like a hundred times a day I bump this part of my hand. I'm like, oh, it hurts. My kids are going to get near that. I got a little kid around. I'm, I'm going to change the way I'm, I'm heating. I'm going to change this all up. Why? Because as much as I love that stove, the amount of damage and hurt that can be caused in just a moment by that kid touching it, mm. Avery, when she was really little, we were uh, at my in-law's house, and they had this really cool gas fireplace. And Avery walked up to the fireplace when it was on and we didn't catch it, and she put her hand on the glass and just fried her hands. And that happened, and I was just like, oh, you know, as a, as a parent, you're like, I wish I could take the pain for you. I would gladly. I'm so sorry. And she's got her hands, and they're just small, and they're cute, and she's crying, and you're just like, I'm so sorry. If I could, I would definitely jump in the way and pull you back. Um, discipline is something we do for our kids and not to them. So I do. Um, what... Your kids are going to get older, and there's going to be a time where you're just like, they're too old to spank. Is there an age? I don't know. I threaten my kids now. I'm like, you're 16. Well, you better watch that. They're like, Dad, you wouldn't. I'm like, would I? <laughs> I'm not answering that question. I'm not answering that question. But, you know, but, but in all honesty, you know, there's going to be a time where, like, this isn't it, but spanking isn't the only thing. Yeah, you can do timeouts, and you can, you can, you can do, okay, we're gonna, you're going to have to go to bed earlier. You're going to have to wake up earlier. You're going to lose some privilege, or you're going to have to do some extra chores, or you don't get to do those chores. It's going to change. But I would say, I don't, let me just encourage you, if you have younger kids, man. Um, and spanking, honestly, when they're really little, it's not even about the, the physical pain. We had little kids, and they would do something wrong. You pick them up, and they got that super padded butt, and you're like, naughty. And they're like, I'm sorry. And they fall on you and you're like, oh, I actually like this. Like, this, is, this is great. It doesn't hurt them at all. It didn't hurt them at all, but they realized that it was wrong. Um, again, we're going to throw Avery under the bus this morning, apparently. So Avery, when, when she was younger, uh, she was climbing out of her crib. And it just would not go to sleep. It would not go to sleep. So I go in there and I'm like, you, you you have to go to sleep. And so I leave, and I'm up there, and I hear her climb out. So I get in, and I mm, give her a spank, and I put it back. I'm like, you got to go to sleep. So I go back out. A couple minutes later, I hear her get out of the crib. So I open up the door. I go back in. I'm like, you got to go to bed. Mm-mm. Put her in, and she gets right back out. I go back in again, and I'm like, like this isn't working. Like, sp- this is not working. I'm like, I can't just keep spanking her. Like, that, that's not going to do it. So, like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, spanking wasn't doing it. But she had this, like, crib that she was in, and it was a deep crib. 
And I was like, well, I know what I'm going to do. So I went out to the garage. I got a piece of plywood. I cut it to the right size, drilled some holes, brought that in there, put Avery in bed, put a, we called it the lid. And I put that lid on there and I zip tied a, a piece of plywood to the top of the crib. <laughs> so she's in there and Becca comes upstairs and she's like, don't take any pictures. She's like, do not take any pictures. I cannot believe we're doing this. Like, I'm sure this is not okay. And there was this one little part that you could open up and like we could still get her out without breaking the zip ties, but it wasn't easy. And they were thick zip ties because I put that on there and I hear her in there and she's just in there mm, like banging and kicking and just trying to get out. Oh man, it was a victory that night. We're in the next morning and she's laying, like leaning up against the side of the crib asleep with like a hand still pushing on the lid. Like, I want out of here. I want out of here. And spanking didn't work. Spanking did not work. What did was that lid. We took that lid off. I only think I used it like two or three times. And she would just be like, no, daddy, no, no lid, daddy, no. And I'm like, mm, I'll put it on. You better stay. And she's like, I will, I will. We put her in the bed. And I was like, no, you've got a big girl bed, but you've got to stay in bed. And she's like, there's no lid. And I'm like, I'll make one for this. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. It would have been really hard. I could have, but it would have been really, really hard. But it's going to be different. But understand this, children are, children are a gift from the Lord meant to be enjoyed. It's going to take effort and time, and it's going to change. When they're young, you tell them what to do. Basically, they just get a view of what you're doing. I mean, they, they, they kind of see, they see the way that you're making decisions, and they see you going to church, and they see you prioritizing God and how you're spending your time. They see the way that you treat your husband. They see the way that you treat your wife. They see the way that you talk about people when they're not there, and nobody else can hear. They see the comments. They see how much time you spend on your phone. That one's for me. I spent way too much. And it's like, okay, they, they see it all, but then they get a little bit older, and then they get a voice. And so we're going to change again the way that we're talking to them. But our goal is not control. Our goal is to teach them that they would know, that they would know how much God loves them, that they would in turn, and I think when you do, you can't help but fall in love with God, that they would learn how to seek Him, seek God for God's will for their life. They're a blessing. They're meant to be fun and enjoyed but we're going to have to change at every stage. They get, a, they get a view, and then we kind of give them a voice, and now they're asking questions. Hey, Dad, why are we doing this? And, and we allow them to ask those questions because they can figure it out, and we can teach them, and this is, this is the why. And then one day, maybe they get a little bit older, and there's some things that we even give them a vote on. It's going to change. It's going to grow because we're meant to help them grow. Children are an absolute blessing from the Lord. I don't know what stage you're in. It can be high, it can be low. Let me just remind you this. There are people, those parents in here that are like, man, it's really hard right now. There are people who would give and pay anything to have the problems that you do. Sometimes it's just a perspective. When I walk in and I'm like, we don't even own this many shoes, but they're just, they're just ah, where did they all even come from? And there's this, there's this stuff and there's the dog food and why oh, can't you put the lid back on it? It just, it just smells and I hate smells and smells are a really big deal to me. And I walk, I'm like, it's, oh, it smells, what, why? And, and somebody throws something and they break this and this is destroyed. And it's like, well, what about that? And I'm like, <laughs> I get to do this. I get to replace shoes, and I can. 
we get to, and we get to represent to our children what our Heavenly Father is like. Men specifically, and even more so you. I hope you think of it as a joy and a privilege to get to, for the time that you have them, raise God's kids, because that's what they are. Because each and every one of us have a Heavenly Father who gave everything for us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We are, we are out of some time. But before we leave this morning, we're talking about and looking at God's Word and what it has to say. God's Word is meant to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, to help us to know how to think and make decisions and where to go. Because we have a Heavenly Father who loves us. You have a heavenly father that loves you. So not only did he set his son to die so that you could be free, but he didn't leave you alone. We have God's word. He wants to speak to you through it and in it. And he didn't just leave us alone. He sent his spirit to be with us, to lead us and to guide us. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe to you, the Father isn't loving. Maybe you don't even have a category, a real understanding of what that would be like. Know this. Know that your Heavenly Father sent His Son to die to pay a price so that you could be free. Knowing that you couldn't solve your own problems. Knowing that you and I, we couldn't get out of our own ditches. The wrongs that we've done, we could never make right. So he sent Jesus to make a way where there was no way. If you're here this morning, you say, today's the day I want to give him my heart, my life. Or maybe you just say, today I want, to, I want to give him my all. Today's the day I go all in serving Jesus. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of leading you in a prayer. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. You can know where you stand and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that your heavenly Father has for you. That's you at the count of three. I want you to lift your hand up, and then we're going to pray right in your seat. Get ready. One, whether you're saying, God, I'm yours, or God, I'm all in. This is your moment, and this is your time. One, two, three. Right now, shoot that hand up and say, that's me. Today is my day. Thank you. Today's the day I'm giving my heart and my life. Awesome. Okay, hands down. Everybody, if you would repeat after me, and you that lifted your hands as you say these words, make them your own. Let's just pray this out loud from the bottom of your heart. Everybody together say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I choose you. I believe Jesus came, that he died, shed his blood, but he rose again, victorious over death, sin, and the devil. And from today on, God, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.